0: psalm eighteen thirty two to thirty six it is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. he causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hand for battle he, my arms can bend a bro, bow of bronze. you make my saving you make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains, sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. A prayer. Reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everybody. My name's Chris Rowe. Uh, It's very nice to be here. What a fantastic building you've got. What a great location. Very, very nice to be here. Uh, I'm the chaplain of Crystal Palace Football Club. And sometimes people say to me, what does it mean to be the chaplain of a football club? And basically it means that I get to pastor everybody in the club, right from some of the fans through to the stewards, to the staff, to the players, to the manager, if if they want it, which of course they don't always want it. And uh, if we can just stick that prayer up again, that Ephesians 3.20, I think this is a wonderful piece of scripture. God is able to do immeasurably more. If you, if you read the amplified version, it says super abundantly, infinitely, mo- much, much more than all we can ask, imagine, dream about, think about. In other words, whatever our dream is and whatever our vision is, God is able to do much, much more. My question is, I know that you're able, God, but are you willing to do much, much more for the dream that you've given me? And I think that's a really interesting question. I'm here this morning to bring you a question from God, I believe, that he's been asking me for a very long time. And I'm going to read a piece of scripture first, if I may, and then I'm going to ask that question. I'm just going to put my reading glasses on, otherwise it's all a blur. If you've got your Bible, if you'd like to turn to Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 10. I' read quickly, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. they were very dry. And he said to me, "Son of man, can these bones live?" And I answered, "Lord, you know." Again he said to me, "Prophesy over these bones." And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as as I was told. And as I did, there was a noise. And behold, a rattling The bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked and behold, sinews were on them, flesh grew, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So I did as I was told, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. To paraphrase that, God gave the prophet Ezekiel a vision. He set something before him. And the crucial question was, what do you see? And that's the same question I have for you this morning. The same question that God has been saying to me for the last few months. What do you see? When you think about your vision... Your dream, for your family, for your church, for your life, for your football club, even what is it that you see in the context of that scripture ephesians three twenty that says that God is able and willing to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. What do we see? What do we see? Why does he want to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine, because he really loves us, he loves his church, he loves his bride, he loves his people. And not only that, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with the fact that he loves us and was prepared to send his son to die for us on the cross. He actually has a plan and a purpose for every single person's life, which is distinct and unique for each person. What do you see? Do you see just a load of old dry bones? Or do you see the potential for an exceedingly great And vast army. What do we see when we look at our family, church, personal life? What do we see? Do we see dry bones? Do we see something wonderful and immeasurably more that can be but that isn't yet? Crucial question that will determine so much. Do we look at the same scenario but with a different perspective? We need need to go into a kind of spiritual spec save, as I suggest, and kind of get a paradigm to be able to see much, much more of what God sees. What do you see? Do we see from just a literal perspective? Do we just literally see what's in front of our eyes? Or do we see with the eyes of faith? And it strikes me that God doesn't just think outside the box. I, I don't think he has a box in the first place. You know, and we usually assume that we're right, don't we? we? We sometimes think, well, we've always done it this way. And God wants to come along and say, well, actually, maybe you need to try doing things slightly different, to do things just slightly outside the box. And interesting that we uh, sing the song about Abraham. That's one of my favorite things to preach on. Genesis 12, it says that Abraham, before he became Abraham, was in a place called Ur of the Chal- Chaldeans and evidently was quite settled there, quite en- enjoying himself. And God came along and totally upset the apple cart, totally upset everything, and said to him, Abraham, go to the place I will show you. And it says that Abraham. Believe God, and went. He left his family, left everything, left the place he lived, and went. Now, I have to be really honest and, and confess to you that if God was to say to me, Chris, go, leave everything, and go to a place that I will show you, I would say, well, hang on a minute. Now, let's just think about this for a second, God. If you can show me actually where you want me to go, and what that's going to look like and feel like, and how long it's going to take to get there, then maybe we can talk about it. That's me being really honest. I'm sure everybody's much more faith-filled than that. But Abraham just went. And God's plan for him, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And the bigger picture, the immeasurably more of God's incredible plan was not only was was, was that Abraham was going to be a blessing to those around him, but ultimately through his ancestors, that not only would that blessing come to all the ancestors, but the blessing to all humanity would come through Jesus Christ, who would bring the blessing of redemption and salvation to humanity. God's immeasurably more that we can even think or imagine. And Abraham had to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Because he went, as God had said, and verse, I think it's verse 11 of chapter 12, he went to the last place he'd been to, and when he got there, guess what he found? He found not very much. But I love this verse. And sometimes this is exactly what we have to do. It says that Abraham journeyed on. And sometimes, in a walk by faith, if things aren't going according to plan, if things aren't what we expect them to be, if things aren't what we think they should be, we simply have to keep going. We simply have to journey on. We just keep on going, keep on going. What do you see? What is your vision? What is your dream? Let me just tell you a little story connected with my work at the football club. We, um, For the last two years, we've had the privilege of uh, doing an all-day inter-church, inter-denomination service on the pitch in a huge marquee that they put up on the pitch at the end of every season, plus doing a whole heap of community work. And if somebody had said to me three years ago, you will be working intricately with the chief exec of the club to bring about... A cohesive unity not only between the club and the church in Croydon but also the community in Croydon all working together to be a blessing I would have fallen off my chair laughing but that's exactly what happened and when the club was taken over by new owners two or three years ago one of the things they said was we really want to get engaged back with the community it's been neglected for quite some time (coughs) and I just felt a boldness from God knocked on their door and said, well, look, if you want to get engaged with the community in Croydon, you need to get engaged with a very vibrant, powerful, effective, and influential church that's working pretty much in unity within that community. And I was like in fear and trembling, thinking, you know, they're going to think I'm mad. And do you know what they said to me? They said to me, Chris, tell us what we need to do. And later on, the chief exec said we are really happy to be led by you as in not me but but the church and we were able to pray for him at, at the last meeting unfortunately we're not, not going to be doing it this year but we were able to pray for him and other people from like for example the head of the council the police and various other people we were able to pray for, for them from the platform blessing and the chief exec said a really interesting thing he said will you pray for our club church leaders because He didn't say this in so many words, but what he was actually saying was, we've realized that when we embrace God through the church, we get blessed and things start to go better. And he even said, in fact, we saw this happen at Stoke, who subsequently got promoted to the Premier League, you know, which is, uh, that might have been his motive, perhaps not. But what he was saying was, this is a man who does not know Jesus. A non-Christian was saying, we want to be blessed Will you guys please pray for us? God is able to do more, immeasurably more, than we can ever ask or imagine. We work work in an ongoing way to help the club connect with with the community. So the question is, what do you see? Do you see, when you think about what is your dream, what is your vision for the church in this fantastic location, fantastic building... What's the vision? What what about your family? What about your children? What about yourself? Don't ever think it's too old or that it's bypassed you. God is able to do immeasurably more. Why? Because he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life and mine. It is no mistake that we are here, right here, right now, where we are. Ephesians 2. Here's a great prayer to pray. It says that we are God's, you and I, we are God's workmanship. My understanding from my uh, friend at our church who's got a degree in theology is that that word means literally a unique masterpiece. So you and I are God's unique masterpiece, not only made in his image, but with a plan and a purpose. And one of my daily prayers is, Lord, would you please progressively reveal what these good works are that you've prepared for me in advance to do so that I can progressively walk in them. And when God said to Abraham, go to the place I will show you, it was not here is I will show you right now. It was a progressive revealing, a progressive unfolding. So that if he'd have stayed where he was, the vision remained just like a little speck in the distance. But you take one step of faith it becomes clearer. You take another step of faith, it becomes clearer. You walk by faith and it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer until you get to that place and then God just reveals more. It's a progressive revealing. Colossians three one says, set your affection on things above, not on earthly things. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. Hebrews twelve one, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the scorn and the shame of the cross and sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Psalm 138, verse 2. I, lo- I love the, the logo of your football team. God honors those who honor him. Psalm 138.2 says that his promises are backed by the honour of, of his name. Do you have a promise from God? Do you have a dream from God? Do you have a vision from God? How, are you at the place where you're thinking, oh, it's never going to happen? Are you at the place where you're thinking, the dream has just died and that's okay, but actually I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to breathe life into the vision and the dream and you can call it into being just like Ezekiel did. Call out to the Spirit God to come and breathe his Ruach presence back into that vision. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It says in Romans, God is the God not of the dead, but of the living, and he calls things that are not as if they are. So the God He's seeing the fulfilment, even though we're not seeing it or experiencing it. When he called Abraham, the God of eternity, saw the fulfilment. Of Christ dying on the cross and being resurrected three days later. Don't let the devil rob you of your dream. Don't let the devil rob you of your vision. Call it into being, just like Ezekiel. Let me ask the question again. What do you see? What's your vision? What's your dream? God who loves us has a plan and a purpose and a destiny that is unique to every person. Unique to every person. If it feels like it's just a load of old dry bones, let's prophesy to the four winds and call the Spirit of God to breathe life. You know, I, I'm 54 in a month's time, and just like our friend over there, I know I, know I only look 21, but, uh, you know, and there are cert- certain things that I've still got a vision for, particularly in the area of, of music, and I'm thinking, this is mad, God. Why do I just keep sensing this? calling to do certain things in music and I'm too old for this and yet, doors are opening I'm starting to think, well maybe maybe my vision is too small maybe I'm thinking too narrowly what do you see? the crucial question just like Ezekiel do you see in the context of the dream and the vision that God has given you do you see just a load of old dry bones or do you see that vast and great army What's the difference between the two? Prophesying to the breath of God to come and make it come to life again. To call it into being. Let me finish by reading a little devotional that I read the other day which I thought was fantastic. Which I'd like to share with you and then we can pray. Uh The scripture it's based on is Psalm 119.18 which says, open my eyes that I may see. And it says this, to succeed in life refuse to settle for yesterday's accomplishments. The Apostle Paul celebrated what he'd done but he focused on what God had for him in the future. Refuse to sit around waiting for tomorrow's opportunities to fall into your lap. Because the danger is if we do that, you won't do anything. And here's the great one. Refuse to let your beginning or your past dictate your future. And he he tells a little story about somebody called George Washington Carver. He was born into slavery in 1864. And he was a, a foster child. He was very frail, but he was interested in agriculture. And he was initially rejected by schools that were only for white people. He lived rough until a, a, a midwife found him in a barn and introduced him to Jesus when he was a child. Uh, he was a friend of three presidents, and he ended up with inventing over 300 different things which, were, which caused him to be called the father of ag- agriculture. And it says, despite his disadvantages, he never became bitter or spent so much as a moment getting even Instead, he went into his laboratory every morning, 300 inventions to do with agriculture, and this is what he prayed. Lord, open my eyes so that I can really see. Paul says in Ephesians 1, Lord, I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be opened in order that we may see the hope to which you've called us. And that's another daily prayer, really. Lord, would you just give me the spirit of wisdom and discernment so that I can see what you're doing? What do you see? Dry bones? Great army. Dry bones? Great army. What's your dream? What's your vision? God is saying, don't let it die. Don't think it's dead. Because he can and wants to breathe life into whatever your vision is and whatever your dream is. Because he's able to do so much beyond what we think. Because he loves us. And he has a plan for us.